I'm Damian Willis, and this is The Reporter's Notebook from the Las Cruces Sun News, a podcast in which we attempt to pull back the curtain on our reporting process while diving deeper into some of the biggest stories of the week. This week, we're talking to Roger Shindy, an assistant professor at New Mexico State University. Shindy received a $150,000 grant from the W.K. Kellogg Foundation to continue an effort to improve the lives of Afghan refugees in southern New Mexico through education and job training. She's partnered with Angela Owens, a college assistant professor and director of the Glass Family Research Institute for Early Childhood Studies at NMSU, to provide free childcare for Afghan refugees who participate in free English and computer literacy classes. Shindy received the one-year grant in June of this year, less than a year after she and her daughter started the NMSU Afghan Refugee Response Project, an initiative that gained widespread attention for its efforts to aid refugees who fled Afghanistan after the Taliban seized control of the country in August 2021. This week, I'm thankful to have Raja joining us. First, Raja, thank you for joining us this week on The Reporter's Notebook. Uh, You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Can you start just by telling us a little bit about your time before NMSU? How did did you end up here? Well, um, okay, so uh, before NMSU, it was, um, I lived in California and uh, near uh, Davis, a city called Woodland. So oh, yeah. I, I actually am an immigrant myself from Iraq. So I moved into the United States in the 1993, uh, joining my husband. We both, um, you know, we were, he was actually, he was, he completed his PhD from NMSU and then he moved in into a position in uh, a seed company in California. So we lived there for 10 years. And during that time, I, um, uh, when I came to United States, I had my bachelor's degree in computer science and I wanted to pursue a graduate school, but didn't have the opportunity there. So what I did, I, I opened a computer store, took a small business uh, to assemble uh, uh, clone computers. So I... Um, for pretty much, I would say, seven, six years, I was doing that. Then my husband, he um, he decided to go back to academia and move back to, um, I mean, just he had a job opportunity here at NMSU. So we moved back uh, here um, in 2000, I would say, 2002. Yeah. And and how how did you meet him? Well, uh, we both, I mean, uh, we both Iraqi and um, we just met uh, back home and um, and decided to start our family. And um, it was just like that. Um, So he, uh, I mean, he came back to, to, to Iraq and we... We did the marriage and moved back here to United States. Why did Why did you choose America? 
well, he came here initially to pursue his PhD. And his so that was kind of the main reason. And also, uh, my mother-in-law she passed away. She's uh, she's she's a, she's American. She's from Minnesota. Okay. So he, um, you know, she lived. Um, although he he born in in, in Lebanon because <laughs> uh, my father-in-law he used to uh, travel. Actually, my father-in-law he. Uh, he came to, to, to the U.S. to complete his Ph.D. and met my mother-in-law and, um, and they decided to move back to Iraq and live in Iraq. And my father-in-law is very well known in the higher education. He established as a second university in Iraq, Al-Mustansuriya University, it's a very well-known university. So, um, and my husband, he, he just, uh, you know, he lived uh, most of his childhood. He went to university there, and uh, it grew and up around academia, grew up pretty too. much around there. And then he wanted to pursue his higher education. Um, he did his master in uh, in Egypt, and then um, an opportunity came to move to United States and start his PhD. So that's pretty much how we end up here. And, and what is his, Goal was was just basically to finish education and, and go back. What does he do? Uh, he's currently is a re- senior research uh, over at uh, ACES College, College of Agri- Agriculture. Used to call it. it's ACES College. Yeah, and they work on the onion breeding program, uh, which I'm told is Southern New Mexico's largest crop, despite all of the chili talk. Yeah, all the attention it, we get, you know, onions. Uh, really kind of kind of overshadow the chili as far as onion exports go. True, that's true. Yeah, they produce a variety of uh, onion seeds, and uh, I pretty much I think they work with farmers in the region, and um, it's a pretty successful program. So take us through your journey after you got to NMSU. What was that like? Yeah, so... He, uh, when I moved back here, I right away the the semester I moved into um, into town. I started my master's degree in computer science, and um, <clears throat> so I started my journey at NMSU as a graduate student. And with that, of course, I worked as a teaching assistant um, and as a, an RA at the computer science department. And um, I had my four uh, children; <laughs> they were all born. Uh, in California and uh, started school, elementary school and, you know, pre-K, pre-K to third grade sort of range. They went to school here and I um, I was just doing my schooling and then graduated from my master program and started my first position actually at NMSU as a, in a, in a grad school, um, a graduate school. So I, I worked as a graduate coordinator and a webmaster for the for the NMSU graduate school. You were you were doing that with four little ones at home? Yeah. Yeah, my youngest um, <laughs> that is when I graduated with my master. Actually when I moved here my youngest he was 1 year old. And um he was used a challenge to go to school and um, and I actually at the same time uh, work, you know, as a part-time in in, in in the college and in, in the computer science department as a, as an RA or a, sorry as a TA teaching assistant and 
then right away, I uh, my actually my first position was in uh, in El Paso as a software engineer. Then I um, I didn't want to commute back and forth, so I um, uh, an opportunity opened up in at NMSU in grad um, school, and I I I really like that interaction with the students. So I uh, I was hired as a graduate coordinator, as I said, and I. Um, a full-time job uh, as, an, as, in, as in, again, as a webmaster, because it was, the position was split into two responsibilities. So then, then moved from, from that position. Actually, when I was um, at the grad school, I uh, had an opportunity to travel at the university. The grad schools uh, really appointed me to travel across the Middle East countries, about six or seven countries, to recruit uh, students. Uh, to the NMSU graduate school and the undergrad students. So it was a, I mean, this is something I'm really proud of. And then I think two years in that position and moved to uh, another position. So various position in the within the NMSU system. Um, I um, and then um, with that, I think I started pursue my PhD as a part-time. So I was taking uh, classes toward, uh, courses toward my, my PhD in computer science. So it, it took uh, some time, but I managed to, to complete it and graduate um, in 2000, um, uh, fall of 2014. And then uh, how did you become a Professor. Yeah, I, I was actually teaching part time between the Donia Anna College, a community college, and uh, and then um, one of the faculty in the college business reached out to me and um, asked me if I can teach. Um, they have like a part time teaching uh, information system, and uh, I joined the university teaching part time in the college business, and um, at the same time. There is a project lead in the ICT. Um, I led um, an enterprise application, so I was um, doing that. And then I was just looking for any um, full-time teaching opportunity locally, so especially in, in at NMSU. So an, an opportunity, of course, opened up in the college of business, and I applied for that position, and uh, now I'm I'm a college assistant professor in the college of business and MSU teaching information system uh, uh, courses. When you were growing up, did you see yourself as a, a business professor at an American university? Well, when I, I mean, I, I'm not sure if I was seeing myself in the, in this college or in this university, but I definitely the minute or the, the when I graduated from my bachelor's degree from Iraq, I was top ten and top ten percentage students that you qualify to uh, to apply for um, for graduate school in, in Iraq, um, and you know so it was one of my dreams to to teach at the university. Uh, so I really was really heading toward that goal. Um, that it took me some time, but I, I mean, glad to that I stuck to that, you know, to that dream, and I pursue my um, this path. And now I am a faculty in um, college of business, uh, which is I'm proud of. Um, 
then ecology business is full of opportunities uh, that I love. I mean, my, the thing I really enjoy and love is teaching and interacting with the students. These are the two things that are near to my heart. Of course, the service is another thing, and that's how the whole thing led to this brand. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and service that's where, and community service in particular. That's certainly where I want to go next. Uh, it it yeah. has been kind of a long and winding road, but you recently received a $150,000 grant from the W.K. Kellogg Foundation to right, uh, continue an effort to improve the lives of Afghan refugees in Southern New Mexico through education and job training. Tell us a little bit about, about that, about both how you got the grant and what you intend to do with it. Uh, Sure. Um, The whole thing started, as I mentioned, you know, in general, I, you know, service and community services really and support communities near to my heart and um about i mean probably well no like about a less than a year or so ago um that's a whole whole crisis of having thousands of immigrants moving to united states from afghanistan due to them uh what, what happened there um and actually, the whole initiative, um, I give a huge credit to my daughter. So my daughter and I started this sort of a, it's more of a response uh, project, uh, trying to call for through, um, of course, um, student activities and students club. And uh, so the whole initiative is to support uh, them uh, by um, finding volunteers and also uh, some people who interpreters who speaks the language or maybe can is they kind of they speak different variety of, of like Pashto. some of them they speak Urdu, some of them they speak as um uh, dowry and some some they understand a little bit of arabic so it's kind of a we are we live in in in, in, in nmsu is we have an international community within the university right so that's was actually a, a, a big plus and that was kind of we my daughter, she she just posted a, a call for a volunteer, um, and a lot of me we were amazed of how many people sign up um, with um, either you know trying to um, provide like you know translation or um, maybe um, volunteer time or education. So my focus mainly was on the education support, education support, you know. Um, so initially, again, was just basically calling for volunteer support, uh, collect some donations for, um, we worked with the refugees uh, for the, sorry, for the agencies, um, such as uh, Northern Family Services. And so they, 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 we asked them what exactly you need. Um, they said, well, we need to find some uh, long-term uh, furniture for, for these uh, families. So they're, they, when, they, when they arrive, they go to um, camps, and then after that, they come here, uh, temporary housing, and then we need to move them into a permanent housing. Um, so we need furniture. So we started kind of gathering and uh, my daughter, she arranged for that, and then we, you know, we start collecting long-term furniture um, donations. And the center, the Southern New Mexico Islamic Center, they were 
collecting short-term donation items such as like uh, you know kind of food clothes and things probably for an immediate need and we were collecting more of a long-term donation items and sure so that's kind of the whole thing that's what's really the start and then um we're just kind of trying to do whatever it takes to help i mean as you know las cruces is um is a small city and and we do have a limited resources so but through collaboration and network, you know, you can do magic. <laughs> you can do so many things. And, you know, I guess, I guess the obvious question is what is your daughter's name and how old is she? Yeah, she's uh, her first name, H I B A Hiba, and last name, M U H Y I. She graduated from NMSU in the May last semester with a Bachelor of Art in English. And, uh, you know, she's also on the top of her list probably so she's uh 23 years old 23 yeah 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 um that's when the whole thing started you know and she was just you know this it's kind of a challenge because it's senior year and the same time that this thing happened and but you know well, i mean i'm very thankful and glad that we we managed to launch this initiative and and of course um the Kalak Foundation, they, they, I mean, I think an article went in the news and uh, Sun News and, and um, NMSU uh, News, and they, uh, they, they recognize um, the effort that we, we put together and they reached out uh, to us, uh, to me and my daughter, and offering this gift uh, to see. And then they wanted first, I mean, they asked what what exactly you know what is the goal of this project what exactly so i'm right away i my my thinking you know is education um so it was it was because of the the news release and um our coverage that you actually were approached by kellogg exactly um that's how um the director um she told us, you know, through the news release, uh, we they find out about what we're doing, and um, they uh, should recognize, you know, it's there's a there's a passion there. Uh, the director and her team, they were like very fascinated, you know, they fascinated with what we were doing, and there she recognized the passion behind the whole thing. And where there's, as, as I mentioned, I'm an immigrant myself. And where there's a passion and there's a need. Um, there is a huge need and, and, and there is an urgency. And there's, as I mentioned, like there's a crisis. Uh, yeah. We need all to, to, you know, to all like provide that support, that need to support. It's the right thing to do at uh, that time and, and I think and, and ongoing. It's also kind of all of the key ingredients that, you know, a foundation like Kellogg looks for. Yeah, exactly. I mean, matches really their their vision and mission. And, you know, support communities, support community projects, um, and especially if they see a potential. Um, and especially, we're working with this um, with this population who we all know that they're in, in desperate need for any t- sort of help and support. You know, because we all understand the challenges and, you know, that they face. There's a lot of so many barriers, um, language, um, adjustment, adaptation. um, It's a whole it's not an easy thing to 
move into leave a country, move another country with a whole different, completely, you know, a different structure. <laughs> and kind yeah. of leaving another country like on the fly, like you weren't planning yeah. to do this. This is just a thing that you needed to do and you needed to do it right away. Um, exactly. The, exactly. The grant allows you to coordinate a strategic effort to improve refugees' educational outcomes and economic security by deploying family stabilization and integration strategies in collaboration with community partners. What does that look like in practical terms? Yeah, as in, I mean, in practical, uh, in me as an educator, I mean, I myself like talk about, I mean, uh, an educator coming from, um, you know, higher education or being in higher education or, you know, our role is to, I feel like we have the power to influence others. And I do truly believe, again, through uh, collaboration and coordination and, uh, and network uh, that we can uh, reach that goal. And I, I truly believe that knowledge is, is really where the power. So so really my the goal is, the whole thing is to, with a grant and collaboration with the community partners and as I mentioned, the agencies, uh, the, the community college, the university, the Southern New Mexico Islamic Center and other religious um, groups here in in the city and that we all wanted to empower them what we what what they need you know to have sure. you know at, at the end we need to produce a successful individual that in this society you know it's like that's that's an, uh, not an easy goal uh, with the challenging they have so this is what it means really it's mainly just to I feel like we have the power to influence them and to influence uh, all the uh, maybe other refugees that, you know, whoever arrive here in this, uh, in the Donia Anna County, we can certainly uh, all together support them to achieve the goal. Is there a lot of governmental assistance to kind of help achieve this? Well, you know, from the refugees standpoint. Sure. Uh, the, 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 this is how they receive the government aid is through the agencies. So such as the Lutheran Family Services, you know, or, or Cavario uh, here in, in Doniana County in specific. So they, they, the, the government uh, contract. It's like a, like a pass through grant. Yeah. So they, they, they basically the government, they, they contract with the agencies and they, they provide you know, kind of sort of food assistance uh, at the beginning. There's a, a limited time to that support, of course. The goal is their goal and, and aligned with our goal is to produce, again, independent individuals that can live in the society. They can't just always receive aid and support forever. You know, they need to be... Um, um, and of course, you know, self, self overcome these self barriers they have and, you know, the, the, the English or they, they, we learn, I mean, our grant is basically focused on education to employment sort of support. Uh, we provide the education they need uh, to put them on a pathway. That kind of moves us into my next question. So far, you've used the grant to develop a series of free English and computer literacy classes to 
help prepare these refugees for the job market. Weekly evening classes began, I think, in August at the Islamic Center, uh, the Southern New Mexico Islamic Center in Las Cruces. And after completing the classes, participants will qualify to receive free training to obtain a commercial driver's license if they want to do that. Can you tell us more about that initiative? Sure. Yeah. The Initially, when we put the grant, uh, we were, you know, um, sort of, we did some quick research and, you know, what what would be the fastest way they can uh, earn an income, especially um, for the men who are usually they're more ready for this. And so we, maybe yeah, the, they can, kind of the wage earners. Exactly. The so they, we, we kind of build um, the first pathway. We're thinking so multiple pathways. And one of them is, is probably the, the one we're working on right now is, is ESL, like, you know, they first take English and technology classes to prep them for the CDL, the commercial driver's license pathway. So that's, um, and, you know, prepare them. So first we started with English lessons, uh, technology lessons, and then also work with them on these, um, the, to prepare for the CDL exams. And then we partner with uh, a school to, to, to really, so, you know, to enroll them so we, they can pursue their, um, their CDL license. Um, uh, we, we just basically, that's sort of the pathway. We're also moving forward. We noticed like some of them, not all of them wanted to, to go for the CDL. Some of them, they would like to get into like, you know, technology pathway. So there's another, sure. something we're going to start in the spring, a new path, there are two pathways. One of them is the ESL to IT pathway. So uh, like, you know, getting like a A plus certification to qualify them to work in as a technician, because that's again in a high demand. And uh, we notice like, you know, work, talking with them and working with them and we notice like some of them do have this potential or they would like to kind of pursue that potential. Um, and, uh, and for the, the women, that's another, you know, we have a, a group of one classes mainly for, for the women and, you know, the, probably the, some of them that are interested in pursuing, um, uh, also a career and the ESL toward the childcare development, you know, so we're, we're kind of looking into a pathway through the university and the community college to see if we can prep them to pursue and get like some sort of a, a again, a certificate to qualify them to be able to work uh, in, the, in, in the future. In like early, early child care? There's an early child, yeah, early child childhood uh, development uh, pathway. So that's sort of the the plan and you you know there's so many other programs offer the english but our model is not just the english that leads to to really career you to a job you've also partnered with angela owens who is a college assistant professor and director of the glass family research institute for early childhood studies at nmsu yes. to provide free child care or the Afghan refugees who participate in English and computer literacy classes. Can you tell us why that was an important function or feature of the program that you've set out to build? 
Yeah, sure. That's, you know, by providing that, that daycare ch- uh, service, uh, we were able to encourage the women to attend classes. That's, you know, the, initially we were thinking that's sort of the main drive. This is, you know, again, you know, when we, before, before we started, we ha- we did some sort of, again, research and a survey and we, we did like a home visit. And most of the time, you know, the women, they're, excuse or they complain is like you know where to leave the, the children and so that was kind of one of the main reasons that we did the one partnership of the, one of with the, the big Angela. barriers yeah it's a barrier that's a huge actually and they we know it's not just like you know they they have siblings they can leave the kid the children with but they feel like they we felt like they really want to bring the children with them to the facility and that's that sort of gave them that comfort you know, that's okay, the kids, their children with them and they, they, they can bring them. They're ready. You know, they walk to the center, they they put the kids in the daycare room and they move to the classes and they can, you know, go back and check on them when they, whenever they need, which is, which is really, or the kids, they would like to go to see their moms and which is really, uh, that's huge. And also in working with, and with Dr. Owens, you know, this is, a, it's a great, you know, it's a, you know, I, I feel like this is a great ad- addition to the program because it's also allow some of um, students who are pre-service teachers who are they, soon they will be either daycare, you know, providers or, or, or teachers or, you know, they also have this sort of the, the, the opportunity uh, to, to, you know, work in this environment, this really multicultural opportunity to interact with children uh, and parents again an immigrant who or refugees who you know it's again it's it's an additional uh, knowledge for them and an additional um, a great addition I think to there and that's really there I see the students who come and help for um, the employee that's they're really excited about this it's, this is this is for them it's probably a, a very unique opportunity they, they, they experience through the program even um, as recently as last year, is this something that you thought uh, that you were prepared to bite off, you know, and and deal with this situation? It, actually, I never imagined that's going to, you know, lead to, to this. And it's just, it's amazing. Like it's it's not it's a short time, but it's um, I think it's happening and and it's happening very well. This is what it's amazing, you know, to see this great collaboration and and people come in and we have also volunteers, you know, people volunteer coming, come from the community who who reach out to to us and they wanted to come in. And and this is so, it created some sort of really beautiful synergy uh, at the center. And also having this connection with the university, it may, that's a great, huge addition is if you know that's trust it's already established you know this program is driven by the university faculty from the university uh, students from the university in collaboration with and uh, resources you and know. the resources you know there's a yeah. I mean, huge and actually um, um you know they've the already they've already kind of done their part to build those connections exactly. yeah um, yeah, so and, and it aligns perfectly with the NMSU, I guess, uh, mission is to you know, 
it's, I think that's the impact that the university, you know, everything we do, again, as an educate, educators, you know, that impacts the community that we live in. Um, and it really yeah. is, at its very core, it's very education-driven. Exactly. Um, so how does this impact the outside community, outside of NMSU? Uh, in, in general, I think that, well, again, as I said, everything we do, it's you know, our responsibility as an educator. You know, we, we educate uh, students um, that would be either, you know, community leaders or especially, I mean, driven from the, from the college of business. You know, it, it, our main, you know, again, it's in our mission and, and, and vision is to produce community leaders. And this is this is a huge, this will produce a huge impact on not just the inside, the NMSU is, as you can see, because of the collaboration with other partners, um, you know, that they're not, I mean, outside from the community, such as the Southern New Mexico Slums and the, the Lutheran Family Services, um, other partners, um, that's also we work with. So all together, and, and that's produced this nice model. And, and as, again, it's just, because that serve our purpose and our reason is to produce, uh, educate responsible leaders that can, uh, you know, support the community. I mean, at the university, um, uh, I mean, NMSU is a research university. We all know that, but at the same time, we always look into, you know, when it comes to time for accreditation, we have a huge, it's also, a big measure. It's is also like how a land grant and a minority serving institution. Exactly, it's a minority serving, especially that's, you know, exactly this group of, it's a huge impact. And, and uh, that's, you know, we need to show, demonstrate that's how we as a university as as doing this. And I think we're doing a great job. Maybe you just answered this in some way, but what would you like to accomplish with this program and the funding that you've been awarded? So, I mean, I would like to kind of, again, this establish sort of the hub or, you know, initially, you know, the, the project or the, 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 it was basically to provide this um, help and support to Afghan refugee, but I see it is more like we're, we're sort of wanted to build, establish that's the hub is to provide the, you know, refugees in general arriving to the Donia Anna County. It's sort of that hub that provide the education, the, you know, empowerment, uh, the, was, the influence to, to, to be a very successful individual. It was kind of to this. thrown together as a, as a rickshaw project, you know, like, to deal with the emergency crisis and exactly. then it has turned into something way more comprehensive. Yeah, that's, that's true. And and then again, we'll know that is through the empowerment, empowering people living uh, in the most, you know, disadvantage, you know, some, some, you know, these people are refugees, you know, they already have this disadvantage and to empower this type of people or, you know, this is a great, uh, a huge impact, you know, on on the community inside the university or outside the university. What else would you like to add, Raja, that we haven't talked about? 
I think that what it's every every time we do a research or any project, you know, there's a discovery, and um, a discovery that we, you know, when we put this whole grant together and we're, we're thinking throughout the whole journey so far, we discover some something else that's you know again we focus on the women that's we all know this it's, it's essential essential to every family to educate the women also that's something we um we we discover is uh, throughout the journey is the youth that's something again we we didn't initially we're thinking again employment for the for the men and women and how they became the pathway but also we that's something it's a group that we have a good group of youth that come to the center also. So, so far working with them on, uh, again, the English, but at the same time, we wanted to um, also help them, you know, adapt to the society. They all go to schools. They all attend, like, you know, either middle school or high school, but we also noticed that they they suffer from certain issues or, you know, not being, uh, again, engagement or uh, adaptation to the society or the school they're in or you know not the, the language barrier they won't be able to communicate that causes depression anxiety etc etc so that's something we are looking into and and through some sport activities and and some sort of an outreach activity you know we took them on a trip we went to the Riedoso and we're planning another trip to the to the museum here in, in Las Cruces. We're doing so many other things even to to support this population, which is very important. Also, I would like to, I mean, of course, I mean, uh, thank the Collab Foundation for, for their support for this uh, remarkable gift. And I would like to also thank the College of Business, the, the Dean's Office, for their support and their trust in, in me and my program. And also, right, I mean, then I mentioned, I would like to thank uh, Hiba for all what she did and, and our project manager, Miss um, uh, Monique uh, Harrison, she's, uh, she's leading the ESL. Uh, uh, curriculum education, uh, you know, develop the curriculum for for the ESL, and she's on an ongoing her support to the to the to the program. And I also I'm proud to be. I want to say like I'm proud to be in Las Cruces, New Mexico. This is sort of a second home town for me, and and um, for me and my family. That for my children, they grow up, and the four of them, uh, NMSU. Um, alumni and one of my last my youngest he's still going to the college of engineering is and, uh, and uh, soon to be there. alumni soon to be alumni <laughs> <laughs> maybe two years <laughs> and i just wanted this is a great opportunity for me just to share um this journey and remind ourselves that you know we're living this life for a reason and i think the main reason is to make a positive impact in people's lives. And that's why I want to end it here. Thank Raja, you so much. Raja, it seems like there at least is a perception of some disconnect between academia and the way that people live their lives. Yeah. And this seems to be bridging that gap. And I think that's why it's so important. 
I think you said it very well. Um, I, I love that. I love the statement. This is you're truly. Um, I, I I agree with you 100. percent You know. This is yeah. this is what community engagement like really looks like on the ground. Exactly. You know, as I, as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, we do all this research, but the most successful research is the more the most applied, you know, applicable that you can really see it on the ground and the outcome that you can see people are benefiting from it. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Raja, so much for your time today. It, it, this has been uh, a fun conversation. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Reporter's Notebook. We also have a newsletter sharing reporter stories about, well, about how we report stories. You can find the rest of our stories in the Las Cruces Sun News. A huge thanks goes out to Raja for joining us this week. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and many of the places you find your favorite podcasts. This has been the Reporter's Notebook from the Las Cruces Sun News. I'm your host, Damian Willis. This week's podcast was written and produced by me. You can also find all our local reporting brought to you daily by reporters who live and work in Las Cruces at www.lcsun-news.com. For all of us at the Sun News, thank you for the privilege of your time.